0: I suppose we can consider this class it's if you will, it's a summary of Avraham Avinu's life until the Akedah it overviews Avraham's story not in particular events but in categories and the way it does it is by asking a simple question Avraham Avinu has two Parshas in the Chumash The two Pashas in the Chumash that are distinctly Avraham's. Lech and Vayera. Chayisad is already Yitzchak. Teldez is already Yankov and Esav. Vayetze is already Yankov having children. But Avraham has two Pashas. Lech and Vayera. Why? So as we always do in our Sichas class is we read what I underlined. I'm going to read from underline to underline unless I otherwise specify if you follow inside, you'll have no trouble. Just read what I underline. That's all. HaParshes. <laughs> the two Parshes. SheKolTeich Nan Mishaches L'Avram <laughs> B'Miyuchad. That the entire spirit of these two Parshes are dealt, deal with Avram specifically. HeIn Parshes Lech Lecha O Parshes V'Yehda. Ar Lech Lecha Nv'Yehda. U'mizeh SheNech L'Kul L'Bays Parshes. The fact that they're divided into two Parshes. Hare Mukrach proves the reason of life is divided up into two Torah sections is not because the Pasha is not allowed to be too long or too short, but because they express two sections or sugim, categories. The life of Ram Avinu has two milas, that means advantages, two levels. And because Avraham Avinu's life is divided into two levels, the Torah divides his life into two parashas. I divided his life into five. The Torah divides his life into two. The five I gave you were discovering God intellectually, becoming a prophet, doing what God said, circumcision and akedah. The event of offering up Yitzhak as a carbon. To me, those are the five stages of Avraham's life. The Rebbe says those five are really two before the B'ris and after the B'ris. All of us understand that if you want to understand the personality of Avraham Avinu, all you have to do is think about divine service, because that's what he was, a servant of HaKadosh Baruch Hu. Accordingly, these two Madreges, are two steps, and the lofty service shall So we know two things. We're talking about Avraham Avinu, we're talking about the series of HaKadosh Baruch Hu and to divided up into two. BeParshas Lech Lecha In the section of Lech Lecha HaMedduber Hu B'Madregas Avraham Avinu Alava Sholem K'May Shehoya K'idem Hikon Sayy B'Bismillah Lech Lecha describes the entire life of Avraham Avinu until he was circumcised. Parenthesis Verak B'Sayfa Mesupor At the very end of the Parshat teaches us tells the story how he was commanded by God to do the circumcision, and as a in his family, v'shekein he did it. Sure, the last few psalms of the Pasha describe how we did the bris, but the Pasha per se deals with everything leading to the bris. Ube parshas vayera, in the section of vayera, it's the story of Ravramavinu's life le'acharisah, subsequent to the bris, that shekvarkie mitzvahs he did the Mitzvah circumcision, Turn to page 50, and the Pashas Vayera describes what happened to him after the brit took place. And the Rebbe wants to say, the fact that the Torah divides his life in two means that there's two concepts to his life, and the two concepts of his life are connected to the B'lis Mila. And the question is, why is brit such a big deal? Says the Rebbe. Isa B'Zayah tells us, the actual Nimal Avram, so long as Avram was not circumcised, Haisa Dargas Nibuase, his level of prophecy was the on a category of quote Hayadvarashemal Avram ba machaseh. God appeared to Abraham Venu in a vision. Now the word vision can be said in two Hebrew words Mar'eh and Machaz, Ri'iyah and Khizon. Both mean vision. The difference is one is Aramaic and the other is Hebrew. Mahazeh is considered Aramaic. mar is considered Hebrew. As soon as the Rabb does a bris, it says in the Torah, Vashem. God appears to him. But now the Hebrew word that denotes the prophecy and the vision is not Chizayyayin, which is the Aramaic word for vision, but the Ri'iyah, the Hebrew word for vision. That's what says in Zayah. The Zayah says, Why? Why until the Bris is God's revelation to called Chizoyin? And once the Bris is called Manah, it's simple. Angels don't speak Aramaic. Don't ask me why. Angels don't speak Aramaic. Okay? Consequently, so long as he wasn't circumcised, God comes to Abraham in a vision. Using Aramaic form, Shulosh and Targum, which is language of Aramaic, Kedei sheh Piskin pel le'malach So the angels shouldn't complain. If God would speak to Abraham in Hebrew, the malachah would come along and say, excuse me, why are you talking to him? Talk to us. But when God speaks to the angels in Aramaic, to in Aramaic, they just don't understand. Why is God revealing himself to one circumcised person? once the brismila, once the circumcision takes place, they no longer have this uh, possibility to complain. God Almighty appears at Ramavina with the Hebrew word the Iabulashana Kadesh, Hamoida which was on a higher level. Again. Until the bris, Hashem cannot afford to talk to Avram and have the angels notice because they would protest. So he speaks Naramaic wants to be this, he can afford to speak to Hashem and Abraham in Hebrew, because the angels don't have anything to say. Now, two questions. First of all, who cares what the angels say? And second of all, uh, what does this mean? <laughs> what does it mean that the angels are going to protest? So we read on by prefacing. Here goes the sikh. I'm on page 50, second column. What is the difference between Hebrew and Aramaic? Let's talk about this for a moment. Um, language is one of humanity's greatest inventions. Everybody understands that. Language is an incredible thing. And the diversity of language is also incredible. When you ask anthropologists, social scientists, evolutionists, where language comes from. So they explain that it came, we were apes and didn't speak and we learned to speak slowly, right? And as they say in English, blah, 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 blah. But we believe that God created man directly. That's the truth. And the Targum tells him, Man became a living being, says the Targum, that we can speak. One of the greatest denotations of humanity that we to speak. And this is really a conundrum. People have been studying for a very long time. They can't understand why orangutans and chimpanzees and gorillas don't develop language. They are biologically, genetically, 98% like us. And only 2% genetic difference. And uh, they have the same plumbing, for the most part. They're very intelligent animals. And they teach them sign language. and so on. But why is language unique to humanity? And of course, if you know anything about what's amazing about language, it's not that we talk, but that we're talkers. What that means, learning to speak doesn't take a genius. A baby is born... And he begins to make sounds almost immediately. So do animals. He imitates what his parents do. He mimics. That's how children are called parroting, right? And when a child turns two, there is an abrupt radiation of language. It's an amazing thing to watch. One day, the kid just starts to talk. And this is a a biological anomaly. In other words, this is not only... Evolution. There's something that happens to a baby when they reach a certain age, they suddenly start to talk. How? You say a word, they repeat it ten times. Any word they hear, they repeat and repeat and repeat and repeat. And usually, of course, by the time they finish repeating it, they distort it. And this is why we have so much fun at children's expenses. But you watch children learn to speak. It's an instinct. You don't have to go to school to learn to speak. You just speak. It's like learning to walk a baby till a certain age cannot walk and then he gets up and he walks and after that he walks effortlessly you don't worry about people falling language was built into humanity in other words it's not that children speak but they don't even think about it if you teach a gorilla to speak every time he says a word he has that incredible concentration to get that word out because he's not a talker he's talking but he's not a talker it's in our soul push. it's in our subconscious that we just speak it's one of the greatest gifts God gave humanity now, according to Torah again language begins with the Torah God created the world according to a blueprint, the blueprint is the Torah the Torah is written in Lashna HaKadosh what we would call today, not precisely but nevertheless, Hebrew the holy tongue according to Torah before the great dispersion before the day of there was only one language Dvaram HaChadim and Safa Achas. Everybody spoke Russian, Hashem. Everybody spoke Hebrew. In other words, etymologically, Toyota says you should be able to trace all languages back to Hebrew. I know that's not so easy. I actually came across a note in a book once that said that written languages can all be traced back to a Semitic language which is about 15,000 years old, which is Interesting. But spoken languages, nobody that I've ever seen in the secular world will say that the first spoken language was Hebrew. But according to Teter, that's a fact. The original language was Hebrew. And Hebrew was the hardwiring. In other words, when you get the computer, there's, I don't know, the hardware, the software, the hardware was Hebrew. Man was created to speak in Losh Hashanah And for close to 2,000 years, that was the language they spoke. Then... Because of the of Haflaga, God wanted people to dis- disperse, become distinct. God created language, God created race, God created divisions. And one of those divisions was the people who just speak many languages. And of course, it was like a two-year-old who hears you say a word and then repeats it and repeats it and repeats it and it gets distorted and it becomes a new word until through isolated populations, which is how they explain the, the diversification of language, Words become so distinct, even though they came from the same origin, that you would never even notice that they came from the same place, and boom you have language. The diversity of language. So the perspective of Taita is God made us speakers. We're talkers. We don't just talk, we're talkers. Just like we don't just walk, we're walkers. We talk. It's part of the basic nature of beings to talk. And the original language was Lashayin kaidish The software is the translations. And it came from Lashon Akkadish. We all spoke one language, and from that one language we had a variety of different languages. In other words, Hebrew God gave us. The diversification away from Hebrew is our contribution. Second column, page 50. Inside. So the Rebbe says, second column, page 50 now. HaHefresh, Ben Lashon HaKedosh, Lashon Targum. The difference between Hebrew and all other languages is It's like the difference which is found in Hasidus at great length between stone and bricks. What is the difference between stone and bricks? The answer is Israel or Egypt. Egypt built with bricks. Israel built with stone. Right? At least as you read in the Chumash. Now the pyramids that are there now that are 3,000 years old that they claim 4,000 years old were built with stone, because had they been built with bricks, they'd be gone long. But at a certain point, there was no more stones. The Jewish people, when they were slaves in Egypt, used what's called today mud bricks. Much of the Middle East was built on mud bricks. Israel built with stone. Why? Simple. Because Israel has mountains. And if you have mountains, you can quarry stones out of the mountain, and make them in certain shapes, and build. In a place which is very flat, like in Iraq, like where the Tower of Babel was built, where there were no stones, there were no mountains from which to quarry stones, they made artificial stone. So a stone and a brick is the same idea, except that stone is God made, and the brick is man made. So Hebrew words, letters, are compared to stones. Hebrew letters are compared to stone. Letters in other languages are compared to brick. Same idea. They're, They're building blocks of words and sentences and paragraphs. But the Hebrew stones, God made. They're natural. The foreign languages are like brick, which means that they're man made. They serve the same function. One is made by God, another one is made by man. Okay? So we go now to this point in the Seychelles. And once we understand the difference between the origin of Hebrew letters and Aramaic letters, and this is like God's and this is like man's, says the Rebbe, we can now explain the difference the love of Avraham Mamila. the love of before the bris after the bris until the bris of Avinu was a brick after the bris of Avinu became a stone now neither of those illusions sound especially exciting in other words, until the bris Avram was making himself Jewish since the bris he is a Jew a brick means a man made an artificially created identity he was he made himself Jewish. After the B'ris, he was a Jew. And the Rebbe continues. it has in many places in Svanim and in Hasidus. Sha'af, Avinu, Kala all the mitzvahs, the whole terah, even before it was given. nevertheless, he gave us all of the efforts of Ramavinu did during his lifetime by himself. He only reached Ave Dase Ba his work in the steps of holiness, he became as good as a human being could become, no better. Till he did a bris, he was on his own. And he grew spiritually incredibly. But you cannot climb a ladder that doesn't exist. You can only climb so high. You can climb to the top of Everest. You can't climb higher. There's no mountain. There's no steps. Abraham was a person... Getting closer to the through his own efforts, you cannot go higher than what is humanly achievable. It's just impossible. He <inaudible> was on his own, believed he. wasn't commanded. Skip the parenthesis. A from on high, and as a result, a human being is incapable of to go higher than his source. Last paragraph, please, page fifty. But this idea that Avraham was a self-made Jew and accordingly he could only become what is humanly possible to become and not more, was only true till the bris. Because everything he did till the bris, he did on his own. Now I'll go to the last two words on that page. Top of 51 now. When God gave him the mitzvah of Milo, Says that said that in this commandment, at that moment he was mandated from on high. God gave him a mitzvah. He was able to ascend and reach a step of bitl and is with his creator, mitzvah mitzvah, who gave him this mitzvah, not based on his efforts alone, but based on the divine commandment and at a much higher level. Why? Because when God gives you a commandment, He gives you the power to fulfill it. When God gave Abraham the commandment to do the bris, He gave him the power to achieve a connection to Hashem. In other words, he morphed from being a brick into being a stone, being artificially Jewish to being actually Jewish. Lachain, therefore, it became possible for him then lagia to reach beyond humanly possible. I want to tell you a story my brother is a shliach and he's also a a Shayid, made a bar mitzvah and we spent Shabbos together and it was a wonderful Shabbos put it that way Mm -hmm. parts of the Shabbos there were so many people who came to participate in the bar mitzvah part of the Shabbos was basically family and we sat around at the end of Shabbos and we were discussing fabrengens and somebody at the table Argue that Fabrengans are a waste of time. What's the point of sitting around and telling stories and saying Lachayim and singing songs? What is achieved by fabrengen? Like, what's the point? Learn a blot Gemara. You know? So, my brother gave a wonderful explanation, and I want to share it with you. How do you make pottery, earthenware vessels, which are, of course, the classic example of a brick? It's a man made vessel. You take clay and you need a special kind of earth and you mix it with special kind of water and this is a very specific recipe. I don't understand how these things are done but it's an art. And you mold it. You give it a shape. And after it's molded you let it sit and dry. After this vessel is sit, sits and dries it's, it's, it's a vessel. But it's very brittle. You give it a snap and it, cr- it crumbles. It's brittle. It doesn't have any... Uh, it's not congealed, it's not glued together into one piece so there's an oven that's called a kiln, K-I-L-N it's a very hot oven, 1400 degrees you put this piece of pottery into the kiln and you bake it and when you bake it nothing external happens to the pottery when you take it out of that oven it looks exactly the same as when you put it in before you put it in, it was hard and had a shape you take it out, it's hard, and it has a shape but it doesn't break It went from being a bunch of pieces of sand glued together to being a vessel. So my brother said, you can go through all the motions of being a Jew, but you're brittle. You're making yourself Jewish. A fabrengen is like an oven that bakes you. It doesn't change anything. It doesn't add anything. But it metamorphoses you from someone who's acting Jewish to someone who is Jewish. It becomes your identity. And the person who had asked the question got very excited. He said, That's it. he got it. He, that stuck it difficult. We're not supposed to do Judaism, we're supposed to be Jewish. In this Sikha, it's the difference between a brick and a stone. For 99 years of his life, Vram was doing Judaism. Then he had a bris, and he became a Jew. For 99 years, he was climbing a ladder, trying to be he was the best human being, a human being and the servant of God. The bris made him a godly being. A servant of God, as opposed to a person serving Hashem. And the key difference between pre- and post-bris, was the bris God told him. It's the first mitzvah he got from God. And the Rebbe says, I'm on page 51, second paragraph, the underline, shayadei through this mitzvah, Nizbatla t- Mithyusel Gamri, his identity as a separate being, was completely bittled. He became one with the Creator. His Achdos Gemur, an absolute oneness, in such a way, of No mitzvah is equal to this. No mitzvah makes you as one with Judaism as a Bris does. Why? Because you do it in your actual body. You know, according to Tayri, you're not allowed to do body mutilations. According to Tayri, you're not allowed to even put on tattoos. But the Bris, yeah, is the only exception. Because when you do the bris, you become one with the yei Top of the second kal now, please. Nimtza. In other words. She darga saveidosei shalavrahom kedem shekia mitzvah smila. The level of Avraham Avinu until the bris was shehigia barak at shei He reached only the highest potential level that a person could reach. Hoysa He was like a brick. No, that means he was artificially he was acting Jewish. He was doing Judaism. Notwithstanding that there's no question Abraham served Hashem in incredibly great levels. He did. He accomplished great things. And he became higher and higher in his Bittlet Hashem. Higher and higher still. He was still making himself Jewish through his own acts. Mitzchuman evroim v'sharsh remained a human being, a physical creation who was in the service of Hakadosh Baruch. Masha ein as opposed to what he did the bris, the circumcision. That moment, nis ale bave he was raised up through that effort. The he became a stone. What does that mean? Became a stone? He became not someone who's doing Judaism, but someone who is Jewish. Masi yadei like as if God molded him to be. A Jew. By doing this mitzvah, now he stopped being someone who is human, serving God, and he became a godly person. So then, when he then serves Hashem, it's because like he's representing Hashem in this world. Because we're not bricks, we're stones. We're not acting Jewish, we're Jewish. Says the Rebbe in the next paragraph, Therefore, until Avram has a bris, his relationship to Hashem is Aramaic. It's an artificial language. It's a man-made language. His level is a vision in Aramaic. Why? Until the bris, his whole relationship with the Ebishtim was his own language, his own connection to Baruch Hu the other people. You know what, I can give you a very good example for this. Um, I've had this experience as a student as well as a teacher. As a student, I used to say this to my teacher, and as a teacher, my students say it to me. In other words, a teacher teaches you, and say, in other words. Why do you say, in other words? You say, in other words, because you think your teacher didn't say it properly, and you could say it better. When usually the case is, you didn't understand the teacher properly, and by in other words it, you're taking away all the little pieces they didn't understand and making it click. And very often you'll tell a teacher in-other-words and you'll make them nervous. Why? Because the teacher is thinking, if I wanted to say it in-other-words, I would have said it in-other-words. I said it the way I said it because that's the way it needs to be said. You're in-other-words-ing wordsing it is accommodating your lack of comprehension. So instead of making what I said less, open your brain up to more. And I've had this experience as a student. I remember being very frustrated by telling my teachers and rabbis in other words and getting these funny looks and I couldn't understand why they didn't think I was a genius. I thought I was a genius. And as a teacher, I'm very impatient when people tell me in other words, you know, I'll tell them straight. If I wanted to say it, those words, I would have said it the, I said it this way because this is the way it needs to be said. So you have in Hasidus a whole discussion about the difference between saying something in the first form and saying something in other words. It's called tselem admus. Tselem would be the first form and be in other words. Repeating it in a different language. It distorts. Not a little. Fundamentally. When you repeat something in other words, there's something lost that can never be retrieved. Because it's not little. The way it was said originally in the language in which it was spoken first is the way it needs to be said. Everything else is a translation. It's taking away a certain quality which you can't retrieve. And that's the difference between Hebrew and Aramech. Until Avram did a bris, his relationship with the E-bishter was in other words. After the bris, the relationship with the E-bishter was in God's words. mitzvah through the circumcision. lebechines God showed himself to him directly. Shubolosh anakedish, which is in Hebrew. Bidugmos ha'even, like a stone, which is in from heaven. In other words, Avraham began to speak about God in the language of God, which he didn't do until then. Page 52. And the Rebbe goes on to say, we just divided Avraham Avinu's life into two parts, pre-bris and post-bris, and gave a very powerful distinction. Until the bris he was acting Jewish, after the bris he was a Jew. Until the bris his language was like Aramaic after the British language was like Hebrew brick versus stone so now let's talk about prophets there's two types of prophets there's all prophets and then there's Moses there's also a prophet what's the difference between Moshe Rabbein and all of the prophets all of the prophets used to say which means God said approximately this Moshe Rabbein used to say God said exactly this precisely this all of the prophets had a vision which they processed and internalized and gave it back to you. Quote, in other words. Moshe had a vision which he processed and he gave it back to you exactly the way he got it. Avraham, before the Buddhist was in a category of koi. God said approximately this. After the bris, he was in a level of zeh. God said this precisely. Therefore, until the Bris he's speaking in Aramaic, after the Bris he's speaking in Hebrew. Top of page 53, now please. I skipped because of time constraints. Now we get back to the angels. God spoke in Aramaic, says the Zer, because he spoke in Hebrew, the angels would object. Why? Because the angels claimed he's no better than us. Avram could not see God so directly ki mitzvah smila until the circumcision took place, because of the angels' complaints. And the Rebbe says why? hamalachim The very fact that the angels would have complained had God spoken to them in Hebrew proves who proves that he's not worthy of prophecy. In other words, read the story backwards. If the Zayah says God was afraid, angels complained because God knew that the angels would be right to complain. Avram didn't deserve prophecy. No, he didn't. He was a person like they were, creation like they were. It was before the birth. No, notwithstanding how much he had grown in serving he was also a bottle and so forth. He was, after all, a creature. You know what? So were the angels. (inaudible) Im kain dar gosse Avram was no better or no worse than an angel, and therefore the question becomes why are you talking to him and not talking to me? Hashem didn't speak to the Avram in Aramaic, the malachim shouldn't complain. Hashem spoke to Avram in Aramaic because the malachim had a complaint. He had no business talking to Avram Avinu. He made an exception. He spoke to an undeserving person to bring him into a state of deservedness and worthiness. He spoke in Aramaic. Not because the angels were going to complain, but because the complaint of the angels was a fact. So we see something very interesting here. And that is, acting Jewish has a lot of your own effort. Being a Jew is a gift from God. But still, being a Jew adds a dimension to Jewishness, which cannot possibly be replicated, repeated, copied, when you're acting like a Jew, when you're doing it in other words. So the Rebbe therefore says, when you tell the story of Abraham's life, you tell his life's story in two stages. You tell the story of his life as he is doing Judaism, and then you tell the story of his life as he's become a Jew. Doing Judaism is Lech Lecha. Being a Jew is Vayera. Page 53, second column i reading inside. Lech Lecha and Yoni. What's the translation of the word Lech Lecha? To grow, to be in motion. She'u hei lech We're Moving from one place to another place continues the Rebbe and he argues however, kol is cool. if you make a million steps what is a non disputable fact? Your body has never left the earth, right? You ever heard of that muscle? When you walk you always have one foot on the ground you never leave the earth, when you run or jump, you raise both feet from the ground, walking means you're always connected to the first step, it's always gradual there's no quantum changes, it's step, step, step it's an orderly traverse from place to place. You're always linked to your initial step. Which of course represents, You couldn't reach higher than the source of humanity. As opposed to which indicates, seeing The essence of godliness. What does the word Vayeda mean? He sees God directly. Why? Because after the Bris he becomes one with the Creator. And he was able to reach this level of oneness with his Creator when he Gia Ayadei Shekia Mitzvah only when he did the Mitzvah of Mila. And the Rebbe finishes the Sikha by teaching us a lesson. And the lesson is we have to constantly grow like Lech Lecho, And that the that promises us will achieve like Vayeda. Okay, so here's another insight again on Bris. And what did we learn today? That Avraham his life changes in the most basic way before and after the Bris. And in plain words, before the Bris he was doing Judaism, after the Bris he was a Jew.